guys, welcome back to Soulback. This is the RB Podcast. It's Friday evening. We normally do this on a Saturday, but I don't know. I don't know why we're doing it on a Friday. I guess we're all still full from Thanksgiving, or at least you guys are. Tom, <laughs> did you have, did you have a vegan turkey yesterday? No. Uh, I had a regular turkey, and I actually used some gravy on there. Was it vegan gravy? I had some gravy? mashed potatoes. I had sweet <laughs> potatoes. No, it, nothing was vegan. I'm not vegan, guys. I just don't eat red meat. That's mm. it. And I've started to move into uh, into veggie chicken. I don't even know how you still call that chicken, but it's pretty gross. It, now, is this the mush chicken? Yes. Because the mush chicken freaks me out. <laughs> it's kind of mushy. And if you put enough seasoning and sauce on it, you won't know the difference. <laughs> yeah, but still. Yeah. Well, uh, Ed, I assume you had a good Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah, I had a great Thanksgiving. It was weird because usually we host, we everybody comes to our house. So this year was just Thanksgiving for two, me and the wife. And we had a nice, that reminds me, Tom, I'm not supposed to talk about my wife anymore on the podcast. Oh, man, you got called out for that one. I couldn't believe it. Oh, yes. That one, Let me oh, tell you about this. <laughs> Who reminded oh, me? Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Tom, you got me started. Hi. So apparently, gentle listeners and viewers, somebody was mad because it's like every time I turn around, you're talking about your wife. And that can only mean (laughs) that you are in the closet. I have a wife, so I'm gay. That's what I was (laughs) saying. This is why this podcast is necessary, because this proves that we need real R&B back, that y'all ain't got no love in your life. You're probably listening to the weekend. You know, the weekend is oh only good goodness. for two things: oh <laughs> cocaine and pain. So, listen, get your love life right. Listen to some new Jack Swing. Listen to some '90s R&B. Learn to love and stop being miserable, little children. Can I take it to a more serious note? Please. I have. I, sorry, I have another food question. Since we're talking about chicken. Can you guys or anyone in the comments who's listening tell me if this happens where you live? What's up with people walking down the street eating chicken wings and throwing the bone on the floor? That happens. Is that normal? That sounds like littering. Of course it's That's littering. Some... <laughs> I live in the dirtiest city around. <laughs> I was going to say, that is strictly New okay. York. Yeah. No one's walking around throwing chicken bones around. I've seen it many times. God. Hmm. I have never in my life seen okay. it. Okay. All right. All right. All right, well, um, wow. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about New Jack Swing. A lot of people love that era of music. They look back. Uh, I think DJ Soul Child must be somewhere lurking because uh, he loves New Jack Swing as well. Oh, I, yes, he's going to pop up all in this podcast. But before we do that, uh, I'd like to give a quick congratulation to everyone that was nominated for a Grammy. You guys can go check the nominations on the grammy site and uh i'd also like to congratulate doja cat for winning best r&b female artist at the american music awards i didn't even know she was r&b ed (sighs) he's being sarcastic with the congratulations well obviously (laughs) look i don't hate i actually liked her album if you check out my albums of the year last year i thought her album was very good but making two r&b songs on an 15 album project does not make you an R&B artist. I would just get annoyed because all of us talk here on the podcast about the many, 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 many R&B artists who are out here doing a thing strictly R&B 
doing their thing and continually get passed over for whoever's hot in the streets. If you're black and a woman, apparently you're R&B. Quite annoying. And it's-, and it's quite unfortunate that the Grammys made Justin Bieber feel very uncomfortable and awkward by nominating him for the wrong category. But we're not going to go there, guys. We're well, not. No, well, Tom. Oh, it, I can go there no, if you want. No, well, this actually, I mean, it was unintended, but Justin Bieber brings in a good point. Not saying he's R&B. Does but he? one of his um, qualifications for R&B is that he claimed that his album had hip-hop drums. Hence, it should be considered R&B. And since we're talking about New Jack Swing, guys, those drums, those drums are kind of hip-hop-ish. Don't we consider New Jack Swing R&B? Those drums were definitely hip-hop. What a, what a segue that was. I know, right? <laughs> that was, that was, that was actually impressive. Oh, man. <laughs> that was impressive. But let me go back to that because oh. the difference is New Jack Swing, as we will talk about, is not just hip-hop beats. Hit, New Jack Swing is a combination of disco, funk, R&B, and a little bit of electronic thrown in there, too. What Bieber was doing was pretty much 80% hip-hop stuff. Mm. And at the end of the day, the album was whack. You're not getting nominated for anything. So sit down. Be lucky you got the pop nomination. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk New Jack Swing here. I just saw someone in here wrote, My Era, LT Willow said that. So he's really excited about this conversation here. There we go. I mean, where do we begin, Ed? What was your first memory of new jack swing it must have been around that keith sweat album that came out that some people call a classic i think i would call it as well but what was your first memory of new jack swing that probably was my first memory of new jack swing the weird thing is you see on social media a lot people trying to pin what was the start of new jack swing the thing with eras is that there is no clear starting point because there's never a time where like hey guys this is new sound and it's gonna blow up that rarely happens you see that with like trap now where everybody claims to invent it trap and it's been around forever. Like chill out. But for me, I think it started late eighties. I want her from mm. Keith. Not my personal favorite Keith Sweat song. We'll get into that, but probably one of his biggest hits ever because of the combination of chemistry that he had with Teddy Riley. And I was able to ratchet hit him up from there. And once that sound took off, it was everywhere instantly. Mm. You want to know what my first exposure was? I'm a little bit younger than Ed and Kyle. You probably weren't even born when it came out, New nope. Jack Swing. Not at but all. I, I, I remember almost exactly where I was the first time I heard Boys to Men, Motown Philly, you know, which to me is a staple of that era. And um, it's, it, it's, just, it's really surprising looking back because the rest of their career didn't play out in that direction at all, yet that was still one of their biggest hits, and they, they did it well. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like the other slow jams that came with after, but I always found it interesting that they started with that and quickly went away from it. Because who knows, they might have been a casualty of that era if they tried to force their way in there. Glad that didn't happen. Well, let me ask you guys this as we talk about New Jack Swing, because I often make the complaint, right? Like, we celebrate the 90s a lot. We celebrate the 2000s a lot. We celebrate New Jack Swing a lot. But, like, 80s R&B in general, like, I'm talking about the Luther Vandrosses, the Anita Bakers, like those artists who I think are tremendous artists. In 2020, I don't know if they get the recognition that they truly deserve. And Ed, I think a lot of that is because their run was kind of cut short due to the introduction of New Jack Swing and that sound, right? 
a little bit. Um, it's kind of it's. Let me frame it really quickly because it's really hard to kind of measure that era to today's era because even the way we consume music, the way the way legends are celebrated today is nothing like they were celebrated then. So even though in the mid nineties, if you look, a Luther wasn't kind of like headlining anymore. He was still selling. I think every Luther project at least went flat. Sure. So Luther was doing the thing because we still elevated our legends. It's not like today where it's like, oh, you washed, you whack. We're not doing anything with you. But yeah, it was strange because we had all these legendary artists from the 80s and late 80s and then going into the 90s. That New Jack Swing sound was just so dominant that a lot of the legends didn't even try to. They were like, okay, this is a new thing. Hmm. We see today many of our legends trying to dip their toe into the trap field, Mm. and it sounds awful because that's not their sound. You had the Luthers and the Anitas. They were like, I'm going to hang back. They were still putting out projects, and they were still doing okay, but they just weren't at the front of the forefront, and they, they played their lane. And then with a Luther, he decided... Okay, I made my big comeback in 2000. Once that kind of calmed down, he caught fire again. So to me, I love the mindset of being able to be like, there's this new sound. I ain't going to mess with it. I'm going to let them do that. I'm going to let the young cats do that. And then I'm going to keep riding with my current fan base. I'll pop back up later. I respect the moves of the legends. It's crazy, though, because there are people who hate this era. There are people who absolutely love it, and then traditional R&B lovers, it seemed like, who were from the generation of the Luthers, like you said, hate it, because what it did to the genre, it totally changed the sound, and really, if you think about it, it changed the trajectory of the of R&B going forward. I mean, the sound was nothing Certain. like what we had heard. It combined hip-hop elements. It wasn't traditional by any sense. It was almost like going against the grain. And looking back, yeah, we, we idolize it, but man, you have to think about it really changed the genre. Just like we complain about some of the things now in R&B changed the genre the way we don't like. It was the same back then with people, right? Exactly. That's why a lot of the... Because I lived through all these genres, and man, I'm sounding ancient. <laughs> but living through it, I see it repeated. The difference is, though, again, to me, from a fan's perspective that I missed the time of being able to respect having different sounds. So Luther didn't have this chart trying to be a New Jack Swing artist to still do Luther and still support his fan base, and nobody said anything to him. But then you had, like, a Michael Jackson who was like, I'm going to try this New Jack Swing stuff, and it worked, and he was able to diversify his sound. But to your point, Tom, this is really where we saw the first flirtation of hip-hop and R&B come together, which has been taken off today even into, like, maybe extremes if you want to go there. But, yep, this is where it all started. Well, hey, can I bring up another point, Kyle? Go ahead. Um, it, it's, it's strange. I mean, I don't know. You know, some of these artists who were from this era, you know, and, and were huge in this era, like, they never made it out. Like, so one of my biggest revelations running this site for so many years is, coming to, into contact with fans from Europe who absolutely still think New Jack Swing is alive and well and mm-hmm. they idolize these artists like they should. I mean, these artists were, you know, great artists. But an artist like Portrait, a group like Portrait, right? I thought they were a one-hit wonder. These guys in Europe, man, think they're legends. You know, think they're one of the, the best artists ever that come through the genre. I'm like, what am I missing? 
that has been one of the strangest things I've come across. Maybe well, not strange, but it's interesting to me. Well, Tom, even look, looking back at Karen White, who I want to talk about later, like you just interviewed her, and she mentioned overseas, like they love her over there, yeah. but in America, yeah. it's not the same. But, man, I, you know, at this time, I want to mention a couple of records. These are like the, I think, like the biggest New Jack Swing records, and I know you guys know these ones. So, obviously, mm-hmm. we got Keith Sweat's I Want Her. Ed, your thoughts on that song? I got to keep it real because your boy always yeah, keeps it actually, real. Yeah, actually, before you even go there, because I know you're not <laughs> the biggest New Jack Swing fan. You love it. I'm not. Yep, and I was just about to say that. But, I mm. respect it, but it's not really my So thing. I'm curious, what do you think of Keith's album then? Does he have better oh, albums later? No, this is probably my pick for his best album. Mm. If it's not that, it's the 96 one. But that's because I'm looking at it from a critical reviewer standpoint and okay. a personal standpoint. Personal standpoint, I prefer other albums. But I think it worked because, number one, the genre was still fresh. And we'll get to this later on. My annoyance with New Jack Swing is exactly like my annoyance with Trap Today, mm. is that we got a formula and everybody used the formula so much it got on my nerves. Mm. <laughs> but as an actual song, this is probably Keith's biggest hit, maybe his most recognizable one or two, and also one of the standouts of the genre itself. So big, big, big record for the era. You know what song I really like from that era? And Ed, you'll love this one because Keith was involved. Johnny Kemp's Just Got Paid. Like, that is still mm-hmm. an anthem today. <laughs> that is still an anthem. And it's so fun. And it's so stupid. It's about a dude getting his check. Like, that's all it is. I got paid. Wonderful. But it's so much energy and fun, and that's why that album has endured so much. Because everybody can relate to getting hype about getting a check. And mm-hmm. with that energy behind it, it's just stood the test of time. If you told me that goofy song back in 88 or whenever it was would still tear up the clubs, I mean, what, 30, 40 years later? I wouldn't believe it. But here we are. I feel like, for me, Poison, though, is, is the one I hear the most still to this yeah. day. Yep. I feel like it's played at every single wedding, you know, and people dance to it. You can put it on at any point. Young people, old people can get down to it. Yep. I still hear it a lot. Yep. I mean, Buster Rhymes just sampled it on his new album. It's wow. still a party starter. Again, just a classic record that is undeniable in its success. Well, it, it's one of those records, like, and there's a couple of them where, like, you hear the first two seconds of it and you know what song it is. Like, that beginning yep. of Poison with the drum pattern, like, you know that Poison is about to go on. But, Tom, I really wanted you to bring up this song here, I'll Be Sure It's Night, night and Day. Oh. I think, like, every R&B <laughs> artist at this point has sampled that song. Love that song. And um, actually, one of my favorites from that era, personally. Just yeah. so smooth. Mm-hmm. I'll Be Sure is one of those artists I was talking about earlier when I said some, some artists couldn't make it out of this era. I don't, I don't know necessarily what the reason was, if he couldn't adapt or what, but, man, he's one of the ones I think about when, like, what could have been or what happened. We were looking for more from Al, be sure. Yeah, there were so many. And, of course, every artist has their own story. But if you look back, there were so many people who blew up in the late 80s. And by, like, 93 or 4, they were just outdated. And it's mm. sad. But a lot of it came because the tone shifts so much. I think yeah. that... Just being honest, I think that New Jack Swing wore out as welcome. And then in 93, 94, when we had the evolution of hip-hop soul, that is what kind of steered us in another direction. And some artists tried to do it, and it didn't quite mesh. 
Some just were like, you know, I'm going to bow out of the game, go start a family. I know Karen White did that. A few others did it too. So that's why we just saw that huge drop-off of artists as the time shifted. That hasn't happened with Trap, and a lot of people say, why hasn't that happened? Personally, (laughs) I don't think it's happening anytime soon because Mm -hmm. we're talking about a totally different game field, um, playing field. And at the end of the day, Trap is what's kind of dominating hip-hop, the biggest genre in the world, and a bunch of other genres. The industry is not going to kill its cash cow. You're going to get all this trap until the wheels <laughs> certainly fall off. Kyle, Unfortunately I, for us. Can I address a couple of the comments? There's some really good comments coming through on Instagram I wanted to, to touch on. Our boy, yep. KW8971, New Jack Swing is the golden era. You know, it's, it's you might have a good case there. Vocals is, New Jack Swing was a great era, sort of like disco, and it still sounds good. A bunch of people think Poison's annoying. I kind of agree. I've just heard it too many I, times. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not a fan. I don't ever want to hear my boy Shaquille. Now, this might be the first time we've ever disagreed. I don't ever want to hear Poison or Return of the Mac ever no. again. Now, let me tell you, I can never get enough of Return of the Mac. That oh, might be the yeah. greatest song of all time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Calm down, Tom. But I, I, I agree. I'm, I never was a big fan of Poison and Return of the Mac. I can go with all day. So, Well... Since we're on that topic and, and we see that some people love New Jack Swing and some people hate it, how come, because I can only think of really two artists from this era that have really even tried to attempt that New Jack Swing sound, and one being Bruno Mars, obviously, and the second one being Tiana Taylor. She did it on a mixtape. Why is no one touching this sound? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one, I think a lot of people... It's te- and I know somebody's going to come for me in the comments, but I'm going to keep it real. Because we saw this with your girl, um, what's booed up girl? Ella May. Ella May, who didn't know who Aretha Franklin, like, couldn't name an Aretha Franklin song. I do think that there is a generation of artists who haven't really been exposed to the sound, other than Poison. Everybody knows Poison. Mm-hmm. But they aren't exposed to the sound, so that's not what they're doing. They're not looking to the past to create new stuff which is what artists in the 90s and early 2000s did. They're like, here's the hot sound. I'm just going to copy what's hot now, which Mm -hmm. unfortunately is why everything is so homogenized now. Secondly, I think some artists just can't do it. Look at the energy that you need to be able to produce a New Jack Swing record. And that works for Bruno, who has his roots in funk and kind of pop and that type of energetic record. You think Sleepy Summer Walker is going to be able to pull off a New Jack Swing song? (laughs) Come on now. Oh, boy. Hmm. Uh, Tom, I want to mention a couple of other albums here. Uh, Guy's debut. Tom, Guy is another one. Like They had a third album that was pretty big, but, man, those first two albums, especially that first one, like Guy was killing it. Just the energy it came with. That's what I remember the most, and it's still copied to this day. We really need to celebrate Teddy Riley more. I know he gets celebrated, mm-hmm. and, man, he's just so innovative has been for decades. I mean, the fact that he was able to, to put New Jack Swing records on Michael Jackson, and yeah. it worked. I mean, I thought that was so epic. Ed, I mean, not to not to switch tops on you, Kyle, but Ed, what do you remember about that moment when it, when it happened? Did it feel organic? Because I don't remember just the whole thing playing out. I was too young, probably. What did that go down? I, re- I remember, and there would be some of my old heads in the chat, maybe on YouTube, who will remember this. When Michael Jackson debuted, remember the time 
it was like it aired like after an episode of Fresh Prince or something like that. This is I have this vivid memory because my whole family was watching this. And this was a style shift for Michael. But it worked. I don't know. I mean, because Michael's the greatest, so he's able mm-hmm. to incorporate any sound. If Mike was around today, he'd be trapping and it'd sound tremendous. I guarantee you. <laughs> but he was able to take that sound and he made it his own. So once that happened, we were straight. We were like, okay, this is going to be a hit. So once that was a, once he proved he could do it, there was nothing. And then he had the song, what was the, the basketball jam? Jam. He had yeah. these just energetic songs that just, he was able to capture completely different, completely new, but he was able to evolve and still be true MJ. So, yep. Every time he dropped a single, he proved that he could do it. We had no worries. Mm-hmm. Um, another artist I want to bring up here is Bobby Brown. That mm. second album, to me, and Ed, I know you're not the biggest Bobby Brown <laughs> fan, but not you know, from biggest. talking from talking to all my favorite producers and artists that grew up in that era, that second Bobby Brown album to them is like how we look at Confessions. Like they yeah. love that album. That is one of the most pivotal albums in modern R&B history. And I'm saying that as a historian, not as like what I prefer, because it was so monumental. And it's hard to compare peak Bobby Brown to anybody today. I have kind of compared them, yeah. and Bobby Brown fans get mad, <laughs> but I compared them to like Cisco 99-2000, where he mm. was just like on this <laughs> other level. Yeah. You mad, they're going to be yeah. mad. But it's true because also I compare him because he had this incredible solo career that fizzled out real fast. But there's a reason why he's the king of New Jack Swing because he became the poster child for it. Even though Keith mm-hmm. and Guy and Teddy, they were all the ones that pioneered it, in my opinion. He was the one that really owned it. So that album, no question, one of the most important in R&B, maybe history. I wouldn't mind saying that. It's crazy though, Bobby Brown. I mean, they t- obviously this was '88. You know, I see it, and I wasn't old enough to r- realize it. But you know what they tell me was he was Usher before Usher, like kind mm-hmm. of the heights yep. Usher was at. He doesn't get looked like that now. I mean, he doesn't certainly doesn't get appreciated like that now, and it's kind of sad when you when you talk about how big of an impact this album had and he had at that time and how big he was. Man, he's another one we really need to celebrate more before it's too late. Yeah, it's weird because fans who grew up with him, and there's a bunch in the Soul and Stereo Cypher on Facebook. You'll stop by if you aren't there yet. But there are a bunch of fans who grew up, especially the ladies who grew up with me, who idolize this man. And they still say, Bobby the King! Bobby the King! And I'm like, Bobby was the king for like two years. Calm down. But it's because he was so incredibly huge. Comparing him to Usher Confessions, that's a good comparison, too. I hadn't done that, but that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom, another group that really didn't make it out of the New Jack Swing era was Troop. Troop, yeah. I mean, they're they're another group. I mean, I know some of their songs. I really haven't dug too much in their discography. Yeah. But people who I've spoken to, you know, fans always bring them up. They love Troop, but they're another one. They, they've done solo stuff here and there, though. Yeah. But they haven't really, they, you know, I don't think they've ever released stuff in many years. No, yeah. it's been around. And, and they're so talented. I, I challenge anybody who has not heard anything beyond yeah. like the singles, which were huge and incredible. Go check out the albums. They were really solid. Mm-hmm. Ed, one of your favorite groups, too, that didn't quite make it out. Who was that? Men at Large. Men at Large, my boys. Wow. 
<laughs> Listen, I love really? me some men. Yes, I love wow. some men at large. Yes, I love me some men at large. Those are my dudes. Who Those knew? Are, yes. Look, in, look, brothers in gigantic suits use up all the fabric. <laughs> but they were incredible. I love me some men at large. Shout out to my boys. Wow. Impressive. Can we talk about New Edition's Heartbreak album? Another Ooh, Well, we, we got to. I mean, this is when Johnny Gill joins the group. What did that do for the group? I mean, Johnny Gill is, I think it's pretty fair to say he is a better singer than Bobby Brown. I think that's mm. fair. Can we agree on that? But I mean, I don't think anybody should disagree. I'm sure, where's my boy, um, where's our, <laughs> our boy Derek Dunn? I'm sure he has oh, opinions. Oh, boy. <laughs> but I would say that Johnny does, to me, personally speaking, Again, I wasn't the biggest New Edition fan. I respected them. They were all right. I did like several of their more poppy songs. Y'all got to remember I was younger, so like more poppy stuff, I was like, okay, I can get with. But Johnny just added that missing ingredient as far as next level vocals and took everything to the next level. And that's why Mm -hmm. I prefer like the Johnny Gill era a little bit more than the little kid era. Hold on. These comments are getting off the rails here. (laughs) Oh, what what am I missing? I think our boy Shaquille is drinking on the job, unfortunately. Mm. New well, edition. Shaquille, is... don't lose your job. You're drinking <laughs> and you're watching eight podcasts. Come on now. New edition mm. is not better than Jodeci. Wait, mm. who said that? That's our boy Shaquille. He, he's two shots of Hennessy in on the job. <laughs> and he's making crazy comments. I think he might be in the bathroom, like, hiding out. Yeah. So he can I've watch d- I've d- Hey, Shaquille, I've done that too. Don't worry. But anyway, we're, we're not going to bring that one up. I'd rather bring this one up for you, Kyle. Our guy, Jonathan B., shout out to you, man. Thanks for commenting on all of our posts and tuning in. Can we talk about the domination of LaFace Records during Ooh. the New Jack Swing era with Yo. Tony Braxton, TLC, and Boys to Men? Ed, Ed, I've been waiting on this. That Tony <laughs> Braxton debut album, to me, like, they managed Babyface and, LaFace, uh, Babyface and L.A. Reid. They took some of that New Jack swing, added a little bit of that R&B flair to it, and what a marriage there. This, to me, was around, again, I was sick of New Jack swing, especially by 93, because this is 93 or so. These are kind of like the, New Jack swing was on its last legs, but listen to that album. Number one, people always ask me, like, what makes a five-star album? Why don't you give anything five-star? Mm-hmm. Go listen to that album. That's a five-star album. Hands down, flat, I will argue anybody. That's five stars. But listen to the sound. Those records were New Jack Swing, but they didn't sound like every other New Jack Swing record that was out and wearing me out. They were able to incorporate a little bit more soulful efforts into it to match her tone. And that's why those records were so great. That's why LaFace was on fire then. No question. TLC as well. Big one. TLC. And actually, someone, Early TLC. Yep. someone just mentioned a name here, and I got to bring her up. Shanice. And mm. let's talk about Karen White as well. And yeah. we might as well throw in Tracy Spencer. These these are the big three. Can we also throw in Paul Abdul? Like, there's a lot I'm of wait, names. I, I, I'm waiting for you to bring up Mary J's debut, but we can, we'll can we get to that after. We're right? not there yet. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> we ain't I'm got that excited. far down the timeline. So <laughs> I'm getting down. too excited. We haven't even talked about Janet Jackson yet. Yeah, we'll get there. Can I, can I just talk about Karen White real quick? Because yeah, I just that's my girl. Know, did the interview with her. It was pretty interesting. She actually stepped away on her own. She made the decision. She had. She started the family. She had a child. And I mentioned to her on during the interview, we didn't have social media back then. So if you left the scene, we didn't know if you fell off, if you got dropped. We didn't know what happened to you. 
So, you know, and then and then people start rumors. But she, you know, we got to give people artists props for that type of thing. If you want to start a family, you know, more props to you. And she's been successful with ventures outside of music. So, and now she's back. But props to her. Her first two albums I really liked. You know, a definitive sound. And many people have brought up that she is the queen of the New Jack Swing era. So, hmm. It could be debated, but she was right. She's up there. Yeah, about it may have been about a year or so ago. I did a whatever happened to article on her. I need to. I haven't done one of those in a while. I need to get back on the on the bike. I but, love those. Keep those going. Yeah, take a lot of work, as you know. Um, <laughs> and the one of the last ones I did was on Karen, and you know, Karen hit me up and was very thankful, which I was appreciative of. And she was like, you know, nobody. I had never thought about being the queen. Of New Jack Swing, because I mentioned in my article that she may be, because there weren't a lot of top-tier New Jack Swing female artists. But to me, when you think about the ones who were the most successful, she was near the top of the list, and she was very grateful. She was like, you know, I think there is something there, and I love that she was able to be, number one, humble about it, but number two, have a sound that endured. And to your point, Tom, about artists being able to kind of fall back I talked about that earlier. Like, I cannot stand. I can't. I was just fussing on Twitter today when that, what's that little thing called? Young Thug was dissing <laughs> Andre 3000 and saying oh, he was boy. irrelevant. Like, look, player, tell at me when you got a diamond album and a, box, a backpack full of classics. Go sit down and <laughs> mumble somewhere. But we got to respect these legends because a lot of times they decide, Hey, things are changing. I'm going to gracefully bow out. I'm not going to try to do something that's not me. Yeah. I'm going to start a family. I'm going to do my thing. So I shout out her. I shout out Tracy Spencer, Shanice, all these artists that I love that decided, you know, I'm going to do something more important to start a family. That's cool. I actually tried to find Tracy Spencer a couple of months back because I wanted to interview her. Um, so if anyone has any leads on that, I think she's like, a, <sighs> she's just a mother now. And I think she lives in like yeah. Ohio. So, it's kind of crazy I, how I talked you to her. disappear. It was years ago I talked to her. It might have been before I hooked up with you guys. I'll look wow. at my email and see if I can find it. Here, here we go. Here, Kyle, here's a comment for you. Yep. Our boy, Slick Partner, Tammy Lucas is the queen of New Jack Swing. Woo. You know Tammy Lucas. I know Tammy Lucas. I just know <laughs> Tammy Lucas. Well, this is probably about a year now. But you know what? Tammy Lucas is one of those artists because, you know, she did those Black Street records really tightly associated with Teddy Riley, one of the most underrated. You know, I don't know yeah. who really pays attention to her, but Tonight's the Night by Blackstreet, amazing record. I love Tammy yep. Lucas. Um, can we talk about Janet Jackson, Tom? Didn't you claim oh, that? She... Real Go quick, ahead. Kyle, because I just saw my boy KW posted this. He said that Mona Lisa was better than Tracy Spencer. I know I'm the only <laughs> one here who loves Mona Lisa, but I love me some Mona Lisa. I just shout out for that because I love me some Mona Lisa. And someone remind me to bring up Jody Watley at some point because it keeps getting mentioned. And our boy Shaquille Perry, he left his job and he's going to find Tracy Spencer. Apparently he lives in Ohio. Mm. So he's on he's on the job. He quit his job. (laughs) Just he stopped drinking just in time and now he's gonna find it for us. And while you're while you're gone, might as well find Gina Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) We need her too. Oh my god, Gina. We do. Uh, can we Go talk ahead, about the, Kyle, please. Can we talk about the Control album? Some people might argue that this was the start of New Jack Swing, even though we might not call it New Jack Swing. Yeah, because yeah. it came out before the term with, I think, I, I, Teddy is credited with the term. I don't know if he really invented it. But he was definitely out before then by a few years. 
But yeah, when you listen to the sound, it definitely is the sound that predates it because, again, what is New Jack Swing? It is R&B that's infused with all of the sounds of the time. House, disco, funk, a little bit of soul, whole lot of energy, a little bit of electronica. She was able to do that. Before there was a name to it, she was the first one that was able to bring that new sound in with Jimmy Jam and Terry, of course. Shout out our boys. They were able to pioneer that. So Teddy took it and ran with it. But it could make a strong argument about that being the unofficial first New Jack Swing album. Hmm. And what about Jody Watley, Tom? What about Jody Watley? Um, how do I put this nicely? She came at oh, me God. sideways once on social media for no reason. Why? I don't know. We were, having dis- we were having a discussion about something. It might have even been the, the, the queen of New Jack Swing or something. Mm. And uh, one of her fans was mad we didn't acknowledge her, and then she started just talking all this mess. I don't. It was just crazy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what happened. Well, you know your runs in with my girl Keisha Cole. <laughs> Jody is yeah. the '80s version. This does not. Oh, surprise. really? Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. Mm. That Nothing that. that you say is surprising me. I will be sleeping better tonight. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> I want to read a couple. Good. I want to read a couple of these comments here uh, on YouTube here. Miles Cruz. I haven't seen that name before, so welcome to uh, the conversation. Uh, wanted to shout out O'Brien's Surrender album from 1986, one of the earliest New Jack Swing records. O'Brien, yes. That's a little of a good wow. find. Shout that out. I haven't heard that in years. <laughs> I love uh, it. Uh, our guy LT Willio says we also got to shout out Tyler Collins and Tara Kemp. Hmm. Crickets, I see. All right. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I was waiting for you to finish. Uh, um, I mean, I was in diapers at the time. What do you want from me? Well, here's oh an my. interesting. Here's an interesting <laughs> one. This comes from Zachary Allen, who said uh, Will Smith played a big part in this New Jack Swing movement with the French Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's a very good point, and I will explain why. Mm. Because today, and not just Will Smith, but there were a lot of let me back up a little bit. Today, how did your song get high? You got the little raggedy TikTok. You got your little mm. memes. That's how stuff blew up. <laughs> in the 80s and going into the 90s, a lot of these sounds, think back to the House Party movies and Boomerang and movies like that. They had those incredible soundtracks. Those were really platforms that were used, especially for New Jack Swing, because um, Fresh Prince, as we know, they just had a reunion. I got to watch that. But... A lot of that music that was there was introduced to America on a mainstream level through these soundtracks, mm-hmm. movies, and TV shows like Press Prince. It gave it a new level. I talked about how Remember the Time debuted after an episode. These were platforms that were used in the 80s and 90s to push it. So, yes, great point by whoever made that. Yeah, and I mean, even if you look at the way Will was dressing during that TV show, some say DJ Soulchild still dresses like that. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! So, so the influence oh is strong. Hey, I oh. love the way well dressed on that. The Jordans, the tracksuits. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I have a question for you, Kyle. Actually, yes, this is more up your up your alley. So everyone obviously knows Teddy left Guy and started Blackstreet. Mm-hmm. But for you know, some people consider Blackstreet's debut album New Jack Swing. I personally no. do not. No, but no, right? Who said uh, that? Yeah, no. I mean, when you look at what it's classified under. I mean, no, I don't, I, I, I don't I, think I don't, so. 
No, Black by Street, that yeah. Black Street was like '94, and by then the sound had really evolved into hip hop soul more so. There might yeah. be a few elements on it, but overall, no, I think they had moved away from New Jack Swing by then. I, I'm actually yeah. more curious about looking at Jodeci and Mary J. Blige's debuts on Uptown. I'll be sure did some work on Jodeci's mm. debut and Mary's debut. I mean, big album, but that was like before that hip hop soul with the samples really came in. But you started to hear that sound evolving. Like Tom, when you listen back to Mary J's debut, what do you take away from it? I love that album, guys. Some people don't consider it a classic. I think they're crazy. I mean, you might not love every single song, but I just feel like it was so groundbreaking at the time when it came out just because it was so different and really merged into hip-hop more so than some of the other New Jack Swing stuff. And, uh, man, I I love to put that album on just because there's so much energy to it. I still have that in rotation. What's the 411? Started, obviously, as you guys know, I personally feel like her four classic albums in the 90s, you guys can disagree on that. But... Mary J, that's where it all started. I was there when it dropped. Y'all, I cannot explain how big real love was. The ladies yeah. on the playground, with whatever the equivalent of twerking was, <laughs> what they do in the butterfly <laughs> there, I don't know. But the girls were turnt on the playground when real love dropped because it was music that connected with them, which is always very, very important for a new emerging artist. Yeah. But when it comes to New Jack Swing, you listen to Jodice's debut, it definitely feels New Jack Swing to me. Mm-hmm. Mary is a little bit of a mix. You can hear it in kind of tinges, but to me, Mary was the one who really started doing the hip-hop soul thing and started twisting the formula a little bit. And by the time we got to Jodice's second album, that's when it really hit the ground running. So those two albums are probably the last to me of the era of New Jack Swing because that's when... Puff and and Harrell and everybody else was like, all right, let's switch it up a bit. I'll, I'll just mention real quick too. I think we mentioned TLC earlier. I feel like their earliest work doesn't always get you know spotlighted. Like their new Jack Swing stuff, "Ain't Too Proud to Beg." What about your friends? Hat to the back. Those more up tempo joints, and they switched it up and they evolved nicely. I feel like TLC was one who did it, but some of their earlier stuff is is pretty good, and it doesn't really always get the, the attention. Some of the later stuff does. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the later stuff was just so groundbreaking on another level that yeah. people kind of overlooked the debut. But that debut was great. And the songs, even though, like I said, I'm not the biggest New Jack Swing fan, a lot of those songs for New Jack Swing, they're the few that end up on my playlist because they can still be revisited time and time again. I love them. So much Here's energy. Fun, check out this fun fact from our boy Slick Partner. Mary J, Jodeci, Kenny Green all were backup singers singers for father mc father mc yes that is now there's a name you don't hear every day i love the facts though wow on twitter i'm sorry yeah shout out father mc see i love when y'all bring facts to the table (laughs) our listeners know what's up i love it now here's a fun fact from our comments i like tlc but they're overrated hmm Hmm. and i'm wondering what vocals is vocals is that's not a popular comment well, we need, we need we need a, a more of a we need we need evidence. Con- we need context. To that. I will yeah, we, say we though, <laughs> even though that came from vocals, uh, vocally, you know, they were never powerhouses. So I can give yeah. you that. But I mean, they could carry a tune. That wasn't a problem. But no, I think overrated. I guess I would have to see how they're overrated. I think they okay. live up to their billing. I got a question for you guys. 
because I know you love both songs. What's the better song here? I want to sex you up, or I like the kissing game. Oh man! Oh my god! Shout out to our boys, high five and color me bad. High five murders this one. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Wait, did it for me? Was it color me bad that got into a fight last time? Yes. That That sounds familiar. That was them. They beat each other. Oh, it's. I won't go into that because oh. I'm trying to keep it positive. We're in the season of thanks, player. And the context has arrived, Kyle. They have no vocal talent, just eye candy. I actually well, never found them to be eye candy, personally, but maybe well, it was just my taste. Check your eyes, because chili off the chain. And anyway, <laughs> so I mean, all right. vocally, vocally, they aren't top tier in an era where you were measured by vocals. But they weren't bad. Oh, okay. Like, no, they that's, definitely... That's I mean, some context. They, they were able to hold their own there. And if we're putting them at the top vocalists of the 90s, that's laughable. But, no, they mm. were fine. They held their own. And they were able to sing songs that matched their tone. That's the key. Not overextending what you can do. Damn. Oh, man. Just so many great artists that we still have to get through right now. Um... Can we give a quick shout out to Heavy D one time? We wow. Tom, we talked about artists we do not celebrate enough. Yeah. That is a when you look up legend in the dictionary, it is Waterbed Hev. That is my guy. <laughs> I got an artist I want to mention. Here's one who really didn't make it out of this era. That's Christopher Williams. Mm. And he to me he was like a vocal powerhouse and a tr- talent. Ed, what what happened? Well, what happened was... <laughs> well, I love it. I'll, I'll say this. He was his own worst enemy, and he admits that to this mm-hmm. day, that he kind of derailed things on his own and burned a bunch of bridges. And unfortunately, you can take a brother out of the hood, can't take the hood out of brother. And that kind of mm. messed him up on a lot of levels. I don't think... I know we talked about a lot of artists who weren't able to adapt. He was someone who definitely could have adapted. And should have been a stronger voice throughout the year, mm-hmm. the decade specifically. He has this song, if you have not heard it. Go, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Christopher Williams, Violin. I don't remember when it came out, but it's one of his later day tracks. It is incredible, that man's voice. And mm-hmm. the production on that. Christopher Williams, Violin. Go take a look at that. He was able to be able to transition, but he just couldn't do right. Sometimes it's not on people falling off or the wrong track. Sometimes artists just don't do right. Yeah. You know who actually uh, made it out of New Jack Swing? Um, I don't want to say that like he's not talented, but I want to talk about Tevin Campbell's debut. Wow. Because that was a big one. That record, again, I know it seems like I'm overstating things. Tevin, Tevin was on Fresh Prince because that was a big deal. Tevin, yeah. there was a time where Tevin, who was Quincy Jones's protege, he was doing all the things. People were like, he is not that he was going to be, he's as good as Michael Jackson. People were looking at him as the 90s version of Michael. That young kid who came out of nowhere with unlimited potential that was going to dominate the next decade. That's how he was being presented. And we all bought into it because those records were on some next level stuff. Mm-hmm. And Tom, got- S- Tom SWV's debut is that that's sort of New Jack Swingish, kind of, but not really. Kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm trying to. That, it falls you know into what? the I'm, category I'm, of four one one. It's one of those transitional yeah. records where it's a little bit, 
but definitely more into the hip hop soul realm. Yeah, there's a lot of great comments. I wish we had time to talk about all these, but um, I guess I'll address this one, and Ed can uh, speak on it. But mm-hmm. R. Kelly and public announcement changed R and B. I see where you're going with that, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I think R. Kelly would go on to change R&B later down the road. I don't know if R. Kelly in public announcement changed it, as odd as it sounds. Once he went solo with 12 Play, I think that changed it. He better shout out. I hope he sends Aaron Aaron Hall a Christmas card every year because he copied and pasted that brother. I'm going to say it like it is. But oh boy, I was the player. I'm gonna say it like it is. But as far as him in public announcement, there was a lot of potential. But I don't feel like that was like some watershed moment that came later. Mm. Personally speaking. Hmm. Um. There's a, there's an artist I want to mention. Actually, we haven't really discussed. Yeah. After Seven, the group. Hmm. I love After Seven, and their oh, comeback a few years ago was was after was seven. awesome. Yeah. After they seven evolved their sound. I love Kavon Edmonds as a solo artist as well. I wish he would do more solo stuff, but that was another baby face in L.A. Reid creation. I mean, those two definitely deserve a lot more credit for what they've done. Yep, that's where Babyface was able to cut his teeth. And into the 90s, when we talk about kind of the headliners of the 90s for solo men, I'm talking my boy Keith, talking Mr. Kelly, if I must mention him, and Babyface is number three. To me, those are like the three kings of 90s R&B in that era. Sorry, oh. Bobby Brown fans. He was cool, but his run was too short. What was the end of of New Who Who killed New Jack Swing? <laughs> oh, my God. I, <laughs> I mean, who... Well, what, to, why did it end? Tom, well, before you go, before you guys go there. Okay, go okay. ahead. I'm actually, I'm disappointed you guys didn't bring this guy's name up. He has the record games. Ed's cousin, Chucky Booker. What? Oh. Why is Chucky my cousin? I wish he was That's my guy. Cousin. That's my guy. Yeah, shout out Chucky. That's, that's your guy. Oh. That's my then, dude, uh, Chucky. And, and before we go there, I'm I'm reading Wikipedia here. It says Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. Is a New Jack Swing hit. That's New Jack Swing. Mm. That's a stretch. No, I think that people are just anything that's up tempo. They're throwing into the New Jack Swing bucket. Yeah, that is yeah, definitely okay. hip hop. That's mm-hmm. hip hop soul. Um, and then I got to mention another bad creation. ABC that was, was big. Group. Yes, they were big in their day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw I saw Jade mentioned in our comments. Oh, oh yes. yes. I love. Yeah, you got to mention. Got to mention yeah. them because they're another one of the. If they had a longer run. They might be the queens of New Jack Swing because they mm-hmm. they were huge for their time. So Tom, did we, but, wait, did we mention? No, th- this isn't a New Jack Swing group though. Soul for Real, I don't think no, so. That was too, that was after. That was way after. That was like ninety six. Yeah, no. Hmm. Um, Tom, so before we get into who killed R and B, can we? At least celebrate who killed R and B. New Jack Swing, not New R- Jack. We can, we can get. I'd love to talk about who killed R and B, but that's another. Oh, discussion. I got a whole list. <laughs> Let me know when that episode comes on. We getting back. Does Does number one start with a T or a D? It calls with a T, a D, a Yay, a whole a bunch J. of them. A J, a J, a, a, a t- Are you talking about Jeffrey Atkins? Yes, I am. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't appreciate that. Uh, all right, let's you talk about wouldn't. the kings and queens. 
of New Jack Swing? Who do you guys... Because I think Teddy is universally known as the king of New Jack Swing. Ed, you'll say that? You won't say Keith is Universally known. No, I would definitely say that he is. I mean, those... No, I mean... Again, unbiased soul and serial reviewer here. I got to be unbiased. Teddy is the architect, so like you've got to put him up there. All right, who is the queen of New Jack Swing? That's that's tough. Um, I will go Karen, but that's that's really up in the air. Who are the, who are the contenders? I mean, who that you would even put up there? I mean, someone said Janet. But I mean, we don't even really call her. In, that's like calling no. Michael a New Jack Swing artist. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That's not a fair comparison to me. It'd be like calling mm-hmm. Madonna a New Jack Swing. I mean, just because she did some songs, like that's not really fair. So I would say Karen. There are a few that we mentioned throughout the podcast, but the issue is there was never a female artist who was at that height consistently and dropped album, album, album. Because as we talked about. Yeah. Theoretically, just looking at it, the run of New Jack Swing was not that long. It was maybe yeah. five years. And this is an era where we're dropping five mixtapes a year like y'all do now. Like, people took time off between albums. So, I would well, put her, I'm but I could throw, argue against her. I'm going to say Shanice. I'm going to throw her in the mix, too. She needs to be in like the conversation. She, needs, she should be in that conversation, yeah. too. Uh, who is the group... That defines New Jack Swing. The group. I can see this going uh, well, three different no, ways. There's only one direction for that one. It has to be God. Yeah, I mean, I know that New Edition Faithful are going to come yeah, for I us. Mean, but I, I think Bell, I think Bell Biv DeVoe because of that one song. But that was that one. Well, I won't say that because they had more than we talk about that one song. But they had true. many more yeah. songs than that that were actually very successful. They had very yeah. successful albums during that era, but. When I think of a king, it has to be someone who has done it on a consistent level, at a high level. To me, mm-hmm. is God. Yeah. BBD yeah. could be number two, but to me, is God. All right. Uh, someone said Jody Watley is the queen, and she keeps he or she keeps typing it in the chat box. Where? Uh, oh, is that Jody Watley? Hey, Jody. <laughs> like I, I kid you not. I, I see ten lines, and they all say Jody Watley. That's got to be her. And someone tipped her off. She made a username. And LT Willio was saying, who is this spamming? Well, it could be Jody Watley. Um, let's talk about who killed <laughs> New Jack Swing. It's not. I don't think it was a person, though. Okay, no. I, here's my. Maybe Puffy. Here's, yeah, maybe Puffy. <laughs> maybe Puffy. But here's my thoughts on that. I think that you can't, again, you can't compare it to today because it's different. Because there was never. I don't remember a sustained backlash against it. Like, we hear, we have so many fans today that just, like, don't like trap. I'm one of them. Because we're tired of it rammed down our throats. New Jack Swing got old, but I feel like it went away before it got really old. And that was just... I won't say anybody killed it, but I do think that producers realized it was time for a change. And instead of just riding some wave for infinity... We had some artists and producers who were willing to change things up. So if you want to call it the death, I would put it in the hands of Jody C. and Mary J. Not a bad so, thing. So around 19... 19- yeah. What, what year is that? What year did we see New Jack Swing completely 
removed from mainstream R&B albums. Because I feel like... 94, yeah, right? 93, I, I, I think we still had New Jack Swing Records. 94? By 94, we were definitely on a new path. I mean, you can hear a New Jack Swing record probably in 95. Not freaking this is how we do it or whatever yeah. that, no. But <laughs> as far as it being the prevalent voice in R&B, we were done by 94. We want something new. Which makes yeah, it annoying yeah, that we have been doing trap for like a decade. Y'all ain't tired? I'm tired. I mean, look at Mary J's My Life album, her second album. That wasn't New Jack at all. Not that was at 94. All. Not at all. Jodeci's third album, the show that after part of the hotel. I mean, you could see, and that's what you said, Puffy, Andre Harrell going mm-hmm. in that direction. So I guess you could pinpoint to that. I would. I would. And man, that 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 was just another dagger in the in the hearts of the real traditional R and B fans who were used to a certain sound, a certain classic sound. They were probably hoping during New Jack, oh, real R and B is coming back <laughs> right after well, New Jack. That's why I laugh at Sorry, these nope. conversations because that's exactly my uncles. That was them. They wanted yeah. Anita and them to come back, and they had them. That's what makes me frustrated because yeah. Anita won't do a New Jack. She was still doing her thing. Luther was still doing his thing. So they had artists they could go to unlike today where we gotta like look up under rocks and stuff to find people who are still doing it <laughs> oh. so they out Sorry, there let me, let me we interrupt. gotta put in work let me interrupt you guys here you know earlier when quote unquote jody watley was spamming our youtube comments mm-hmm. oh no uh this person actually made quite the observation and i agree because uh, earlier we just blamed Puffy for killing New Jack Swing. Oh, Wait, this is, the per- this is the Jody Watley person? Yeah. He stopped spamming and suddenly gave us a valid thought? Well, he- this person might be throwing darts at the person I'm about to mention. Uh, oh. uh, they said that the era that killed New Jack Swing is the G-Funk era. We have to blame Dr. Dre. Um, I'm, that, I'm, I agree with that. I'm so glad you brought that up because I thought Tom was talking about something. I didn't want to cut him off. The artist to me from that era that we do not give enough credit in R&B is Michelle. Because Michelle, mm. while mm. Mary J and Jodice were doing their thing on the East Coast, Michelle was kind of doing the same thing. I don't think anybody was copying them. I just think that it was kind of the way it kind of coincidentally matched up. Miss was doing that on the West Coast. If you listen to her, she's kind of like West Coast Mary J. Of course, we celebrate Jodeci and Mary J more today because of the heights they have reached. Mm-hmm. And Miss didn't have that same success. But she definitely needs to be credited for helping to change that sound. Great point by maybe well, Jodeci Wilder. I will. I have a counterpoint to that. Ask a random person on the street to name one Miss song and I... Don't think they can. No, I agree because she but everyone, she did but not. Everyone knows that Jodeci and Mary J because they had that height, but they were also doing the same thing at the same time. So I got to show love there because she was doing the same output. Those were the three to me that at the time were kind of changing that sound. Of course, they didn't. She didn't have the sustained success, but props to her though. Yep. Shout outs to Michelle. Um, I think I think we're almost done. Oh yeah, so. That person that was spamming us, his name is Rodney. It's not actually Jody Watley. <laughs> is it her manager? I don't know. <laughs> are, we, are, are we at an hour yet? Yes, we're at we an hour. Five minutes left. We're at an hour. All right. All right. Well, let's, let's wrap this up here. So we talked about just New Jack Swing in its entirety. I think at some point we need to go back and revisit these years. Uh, 
I think luckily with this segment, I think we covered off like 1990 to like 92, 93. So we don't have to. Do oh, those we're anymore. good. We covered. Oh, calm down. We'll have to pick up in like 85. Ugh. We'll go back to like 85 and just go back from there. We got more meat to I'll dig into, player. I'll take care of it. Y'all sit back on those episodes. <laughs> It'll be fireside chat with Ed. I'll handle it all. Fireside chat. Uh, Ed, someone wanted us to, uh, to wanted to ask: Is Soul to Soul considered New Jack Swing? Soul to Soul. Yeah. I would think so, because however do you want it, that's a New Jack Swing song. I would think mm. so. Fun fact about the Soul Back podcast. We were actually going to name our podcast Soul to Soul. Oh, I forgot about that. Get... Yes, we were. That was one yeah. of the considered but names. Then, but we didn't want to get oh. sued, so yes. hence why we're called the Soul Back podcast. They would come for our oh. nice. Yes. So I think that concludes this segment on the New Jack Swing discussion. We'll be back very soon to talk about 1999 i know cordero is still waiting for us to talk about that cisco album we'll get to it <laughs> oh, uh, but and thank you everyone who's tuned in, in the comments uh, there's so many comments on instagram we appreciate it i wish i could read them all off keep them coming though every episode you know we're, we love to discuss what you guys are talking about too you guys make some great points yeah. in there agreed so Ed, uh, before we end things off, what's going on with SoulInStereo.com? SoulInStereo.com, doing the thing as usual. Shout out to my boy Wes, who came through for another version of Head to Head with Ed. And this time we talked about the Wu-Tang Clan, their best albums, their worst albums, their best singles. He even created a playlist, which was really cool and nice for him. So if you're a whole school fan, love the Wu, go check out that post on SoulInStereo. And as you know, we're heading into December, which is usually year-end wrap-up stuff. So stay tuned because I'll be having my year-end list coming very soon. And I promise you, there's going to be a bunch of names you've never heard of because the big names let us down in 2020. Oh, I beg to differ because uh, I just spoke to the man from VA. His name is Tremaine. I spoke to Trey Songs. So go check out that interview that I did with Trey. I'm really excited about that one. And uh, just to give you guys some love here, Ed and Tom, someone said, your guys' knowledge of music is inspiring. I was born in 1991 and have heard of some of these artists, but not so much. I learn a lot from you guys. Wow. That's, that's why we good. do what we that's do. I love that. Thanks mm-hmm. for the love. I love it. Yeah, so Tom, I interviewed Trey. I think you interviewed Karen White. Karen White. We, we did a whole bunch of interviews recently, yep. actually. Check those out on the site. I'll just point out, you got your Trey Songs interview. We tried for this interview, I'd say, literally for about 10 years. Yeah. And we finally got him. Yep. That's just perseverance, though. Yep. Uh, so, congratulations to us, I yes, guess. Yes, congratulations. Absolutely. That's big. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's it for this week. I see New Jack Swing 13 saying this episode was dope. Showed a lot of love to my genre. Yes. Hence the username New Jack Swing. But we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> Uh, but we're going to be, uh, we'll be back next week. I don't think we're going to do a podcast tomorrow. I think we got things to do. We're not going outside though. Oh, Ed, before we get out of here, did you get your toilet paper yet? I got my toilet paper. Yes. Okay. They didn't have, but like three on the shelf, but I got it. You hoarders make me (laughs) sick. Oh, you better stock up at the supermarket guys. You'll be left eating tofu and dried rice. It's it's hard out here. (laughs) I'm moving to Canada, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think you want to do that right now. It's pretty bad out here, too. Yeah, and it's going to get cold. But, yeah. So, guys, I think that's it for this week. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next week. Don't really know what we're going to talk about yet, but it'll be entertaining. So I appreciate Let's do 99. You want to do 99? Let's do 99 next week. Dark yeah, Town 99. 
All right, we'll do we'll do nine nine. So uh, we'll be back next week. I appreciate you guys for tuning in, and we are out. All right, peace.